Lee Mason, good to see you, brother. Yeah, good to see you, Corey. Well, thanks really, for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to have this, this conversation with you. We were just chatting uh, in pre-show about the fact that this is actually the first time you and I have hung out online. I mean, we've had a lot of communication uh, with each other over, over the last, I don't know, year, year and a half, two years or so. But this is the first yeah. time we've had a, an actual face-to-face meeting. And I, I'm, yeah. I'm just really glad to be here with you. Me too, me too. Yeah. We got a few things that we want to talk about today. First off, one of the things I want to talk about the most is really just you. I really want you know uh, our, our, our audience to have an opportunity to get to know you better. You know, I think that um, a lot of people who are in the Integral Life audience are already pretty aware of the offerings because you give, you know, just about weekly practices on our Integral Life practice uh, platform. Uh, and those are all just amazingly uh, well-reviewed. People really seem to benefit from their practice experiences with you. And you've also designed a web course, uh, a really, really fantastic web course called uh, The Essence of Integral Flourishing, which has been so well-received by our audience. I just continue to get... Uh, so much feedback about how your course is sort of filling in a few missing pieces that they've been feeling as they have been familiarizing themselves with the integral model. And we'll talk about, you know, some of the ways that integral uh, and sort of the other components of that training really, really do complement each other in in really nice ways. Uh, And then finally, we're talking about a new training uh, that you are making available for people which we're calling Flourishing Live. And this is basically a, uh, a live weekly coaching, uh, group coaching session that is going to be very, very intimate with a small group of people, a cadre of about, you know, we're hoping eight to 10 people, maybe not much more than 12 or so, um, who will be able to work with you week after week for, what is it, a 12 week uh, uh, curriculum for 12 weeks? Yeah, uh, two hours order- per week. Yeah, which is fantastic. Uh, and, and, you know, the, I, I think this is a really, really fantastic opportunity for people, whether they are sort of seasoned integral veterans, the grizzled integral veterans that are out there, or people who are actually just coming into the integral space for the first time. I think this is a fantastic opportunity for them to sort of develop their integral roots and to find a path of fulfillment right? So I'm really excited to have this series of conversations, man. Well, likewise, Corey. And, uh, and in, indeed, it's nice to be together in this uh, space. So. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Well, let's start off with, with talking about just sort of the overall, I think, frame for the practices that you've been presenting, which is basically a frame of flourishing. And that word has, I think, a particular sort of meaning uh, as you use it. Um, so maybe you can, you know, talk to our audience a little bit about what you mean exactly by flourishing. Yeah, certainly. So the way I've been using flourishing is um, in the way that it's used in the academic study of well-being or happiness in the, the field of positive psychology. And I've stuck to the model that Martin Seligman, a positive psychologist, uses. And Martin Seligman developed a so-called PERMA model and PERMA is an abbreviation, which stands for positive emotion, engagement, relationships, meaning, and accomplishment. And these are five categories that Seligman and other positive psychologists consider that if you're doing well within those categories, then you're flourishing. If you're doing not so well within those categories, then you're languishing. And for positive emotion, think of just experiencing the emotion of joy. Mm -hmm. For engagement, think of experiencing flow. being absorbed in an activity that you're performing 
And for relationships, just think of indeed experiencing mutually beneficial, healthy relationships and for meaning the level of purpose you experience in life and for accomplishment, just achieving goals that are important to you in life. Mm. So those are the five categories of the PERMA model. And within that context of flourishing, indeed, I've also been suggest uh, suggesting that if we look at the integral model, um, then we can use the concept of flourishing and expand it across the quadrants uh, within the intelligences, of course, uh, within levels or stages, within types and within uh, states. So that gives us a far larger experience of flourishing that we can access. And just as an example, a concrete example, think of the category of relationships from the PERMA model. If we look at that and we would say, well, I'm flourishing within the context of relationships, then if we look at the quadrants, for instance, and we would, we would say I'm flourishing across the quadrants, that's far more extensive. And the reason that that's the case is because basically what the PERMA model is, is that um, Martin Seligman and a large number of psychologists did an international study where they um, collected data from a survey given out to thousands of people. And they basically asked them what makes you happy. And then they use that data that they gathered from the world to create those five categories. Uh, so that's one way to do it. That's looking at uh, the world and generating a theory. But with integral theory, of course, uh, Ken Wilber and other integral um, philosophers basically work from the other, uh, the other way around. They say, okay, let's take reality as the entirety of reality as a whole. And how can we comprehend it? And how can we um, create models that reflect the complexity and the nuances of a reality? So what we're doing with the Integral Flourishing Project is basically saying, okay, let's take that concept of flourishing that, um, that has arisen out of um, the positive psychology and apply that to integral theory so that we can flourish in ways that positive psychology actually doesn't even see because of the um, limited psychological lens. Right. Beautifully said. You know, I, I, what I really appreciate about that frame is that, you know, these qualities that are described by the PERMA model, positive emotion, engagement, relationships, meaning, and accomplishment, these are capacities that um, are often sort of, you know, when you come into Integral for the first time, you read Ken's work, uh, these are often capacities that are pointed to as something that is going to naturally be enhanced the more familiar you get with, with Integral, with Integral theory, Integral living, Integral practice, the Integral lifestyle in general. But the problem has always been for a lot of people, well, you're not exactly telling me how, right? You're telling me I'll have deeper relationships. You're telling me that I'll have a greater sense of meaning, that I'll, I'll have a greater uh, capacity to engage with the world. But there's not a lot of sort of connective tissue in there in terms of how do I get from, from here to there? And what I really like about combining these two models, I mean, as you kind of say, integral feels almost like a, an outside in sort of uh, synthesis of all, you know, let's take everything that we know about reality, put it on the table and figure out where the patterns are and distill sort of a, a framework out of that. And then PERMA is kind of taking the opposite. It's, it's sort of more of a, an inside out approach. Like let's actually ask people to report directly what produces happiness for you in your life right now in the moment. And these can be sort of more, you know, ordinary express. I mean, all of us have a 
you know, sort of uh, all of us are seeking meaning in various, you know, ways in our lives. And, you know, we make the claim that integral is going to help you discover that meaning. But I think combining sort of the PERMA practices with the integral framework is really what um, liberates that entire path. And I think that's, that's super, super appealing for people. You know, I often think about it as like integral theory is sort of creating a container and, and PERMA and, you know, especially the way that you uh, are, are, are teaching these things is kind of filling the glass, right? So now we have a container and we have the contents of the container to enjoy. And I really, really have been enjoying that, that marriage between integral and PERMA. And the other thing I want to say is that, you know, PERMA, as it's usually presented in positive psychology, I mean, obviously these are practices and techniques that, um, you know, can be hugely beneficial and create a lot of fulfillment for people, really regardless of where they are in their development. But there's something about applying it at these integral stages, at the teal and turquoise altitudes, which as you say, it really seems to be firing uh, on all cylinders in a way that um, is maybe a little bit necessarily diminished when it's enacted by previous stages. So that's a really, I think, interesting marriage um, of these two models. Yes, well, well, thanks for the kind compliments. And actually, your um, your sentiment was also one of the reasons why I, I got into this work is because I, I'd be listening to, for instance, Cosmic Consciousness, uh, the Tammy Simon interview with uh, Ken Wilber. And Tammy would ask really interesting questions. And then Ken would give one or two concrete examples. And I would think, but what about the other examples? And I, I, I would think... and sometimes I could sort of piece together what the other examples would be from, for instance, within the context of states, then Ken would give an example, for instance, for the um, subtle state and the gross physical. And I would think, okay, but then what about the, uh, the causal, the uh, non-dual and the witnessing state? How, how would it work for that? And I, I think like you're describing, one of the things that I like to do is to turn theory into practice. And um, as you know, of course, I, I have a background as a physical therapist and, and also as a, as a teacher at, at the University of Amsterdam and, and as, a, as a coach. And I think one of the things that shines through all of those activities is being engaged with another person, seeing where they are, and then seeing where they would like to be and then plotting the course between uh, where they are and where they would like to be in a way that they can break it down into manageable um, action steps and then to to get going and to encourage them to achieve their goal so um i mean with physical therapy it's, it's very um very clear because the example is for instance someone um suffers from um tight muscles because they're working in a um, in a posture with a posture behind a computer that's uh, that's not conducive to um, to, to, to health, <laughs> and then you basically <laughs> well it, precisely that's something of course especially with the lockdown and uh, and the the increasing number of people who've been working at home in without ergonomically um, uh, uh, appropriate chairs and desks and have been experiencing a larger number of complaints and then of course the that's the situation that you're experiencing. And then where would you like to be? Well, in a situation where you're not experiencing any uh, muscle tension or, or joint pain. And then of course you see, okay, what's the solution? And then you look for uh, postural exercises for 
adapting the um, your work uh, environment and then breaking that down into manageable, manageable steps and making it measurable and then uh, making sure that someone can reach the uh, end goal. So that's that's a very practical example, but you can do that in any situation if you know what you're um, what you're trying to um, influence. So for instance, one of the things I've also done with people is for instance, to um, make a sort of a measurement of the depth of their meditation practice. So to, um, to categorize um, where they are and what they can experience, what the quality of their experience is. And uh, these are then people who want to deepen their meditation practice. And then for instance, to design a pathway to get to a deeper meditation practice and then um, think of exercises that people can do to achieve that goal. So, so it's not just indeed working in the physical, it's also working in the, uh, within a cause or within the, um, all sorts of other... Um, all the realms. Uh, all, the, all of the realms, all the realms. yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, and you know, I think the other uh, the other point that you just highlighted that's really um, appealing to me is this marriage between you know we'll just call map and territory. You know, integral is is uh, one of the most phenomenally useful maps that I think uh, any of us could hope for, right? And it really really helps us to make an extraordinary amount of sense out of this you know out of a world that oftentimes presents itself as being fairly senseless. And there, I think, is sort of an intrinsic capacity for meaning that comes through that, right? Just the ability to see these things kind of for what they are and to have a sense of how all the different pieces of the puzzle might fit together into a, into a greater picture. And yet so much of that oftentimes, you know, kind of leaves us out of it a little bit. It leaves us out of the story a little bit. It's sort of like I can see how, you know, this reality kind of comes together in a seamless sort of way, but, but where am I? in all of this? How is this actually impacting me in, 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 you know, in my body, in my heart, in my mind, in my spirit, et cetera? How can I actually participate with this beautiful sort of comprehensive wholeness that I perceive out there? And yet when I look within, Jesus, I feel so kind of splintered and fragmented. And I feel like, you know, this world is kind of trying to pull me in a thousand different directions, you know, particularly once we add in sort of the political layer and like, oh, now there's a war in the Ukraine and I've got to figure out where I stand on this and, you know, who I stand against when, you know, so it's like there's a thousand forces in this world that are trying to sort of rip us apart at the seams right now, which is why when, you know, you first came to us with the essence of integral flourishing course, I was like, God, this is, this is right on time. This is right on schedule. Here we are, we're going into COVID land. We're all getting sort of quarantined from each other. We have this, this sense that everything is kind of moving away from everything else. And when you brought this flourishing program to me, I saw this as an opportunity for our audience to engage in a set of practices that can help them kind of pull it together again, not just sort of outside of themselves, but, but within themselves. And they can find that interior sense of wholeness and happiness and fulfillment and joy, um, or at least feel the satisfaction of knowing there's a path <laughs> that can lead them, you know, to, to, to feeling exactly those things. So, you know, for me, when, when the flourishing discussion uh, first sort of showed up in integral, when you first brought this to us, that was my sense. I was like, oh, this is, this is right on time. This is, this is actually what we 
not just as integralists, but we, you know, collectively, we culturally, we need this kind of material now more than ever, you know, which has been sort of a, an ongoing refrain uh, that, that I often repeat when it comes to integral. It's like, oh, you know, integral is amazing. It's wonderful. And geez, it's just about 20 or 25 years ahead of its time. And, and I think now we're starting to see the life conditions emerge that are, you know, sort of requiring integral solutions and integral practices, such as the ones that you're providing here. Um, that world is just now beginning to show up and it's exciting. It's raucous, it's painful and fragmented sometimes. Um, but it's also beautiful just to sort of feel like we're, we're participating somehow in this grand emergence. And I think that the training that you're, that you are providing for people is helping people to engage with that even more deeply, even more consciously. Yes, I agree. And I would say culturally, we could perhaps even say that the green level of development, so the postmodern uh, level of development, that that deconstructs reality to such an extent that it results in a, sort of a mass depression of, uh, of humanity and that, um, that flourishing as a concept is a way to acknowledge that we have a level of control over our individual um, experience of happiness and of, of meaning and of just our well-being. And that amidst all of the uh, polarization and fragmentation that you describe, which is absolutely uh, the case, that nonetheless, we can still um, influence our own level of well-being to uh, a reasonable extent so that we can also then be a better vehicle for positive and constructive change in the world. Um, because that, at least that's one of my personal beliefs is that you can help other people more skillfully if you're um, more balanced as an individual. Yeah, no, that's a great frame. And, and what you say about sort of um, green and what occurs within the green space. You know, what, one of the, uh, the, the three principles we like to talk about when it comes to integral, uh, they have fancy words for them, but we can, we can describe to people what they mean. Uh, it, the three terms we like to use are non-exclusion, which is a kind of a fancy way of saying everyone is right. Uh, enfoldment, which means uh, some people are more right than others, and we kind of have to figure out how it all fits together. And then enactment. If you want to know this, or if you want to be this, then do that, right? Everything has an injunction. Everything has a practice and exercise. Um, in other words, don't just take sort of integral ideas uh, on good faith. I mean, actually, there's a set of practices you can do right now to verify, you know, these dimensions of reality that we talk about with the four quadrants or the various states of consciousness. We're not, we're not asking you to accept this as dogma. We're inviting you to engage in a series of practices where you can sort of verify these territories for yourself. And I think that's, that's really the power of integral. Where green has a stuck, I think, is that it has a stuck in non-exclusion, this idea that like, oh, everything, everything's welcome, guys. We can, you know, I go into a place like Facebook or Reddit, for example, and you will see every stage of consciousness, every state of consciousness, every shadow imaginable, just slide frictionlessly you know, across the screen. And there's nothing that is sort of editorializing or curating or you know, putting these pieces together. And so we exist in a space that is just, again, completely frictionless because we're sort of running our civilization on postmodern operating systems, which is sort of 
you know, our response to that is like, well, let's find a better operating system. <laughs> let's find a better operating system where things don't just slide like that and where we can actually begin to, you know, discern something that's better, something that's worse, something that works better, something that doesn't work as well. Uh, and we can bring in some of that enfoldment piece. And I think that, again, what you're offering here is a, is, is a very, very tremendously valuable set of enactments, a set of practices that we can do in order to do that in our own lives right now in this moment. And then that kind of radiates outwards, right? I mean, we all sort of become uh, ambassadors of second tier in a certain kind of sense, when we actually allow ourselves to fully inhabit uh, sort of these, you know, what might currently feel like a more idealized version of ourselves, but it's a version of yourself that, um, that you should aspire to and is completely attainable. I think that's really the point here. This is attainable. You can experience these things. You can grow up. You can wake up. You can clean up. And in fact, here's a breadcrumb trail of practices that are going to help you do exactly that. If Ken Wilber is doing his math right, it's just going to take enough people doing that until we until we basically hit sort of a, a tipping point where integral ideas are able to begin exerting more influence. But that comes through us. That doesn't flow around us. That flows through us. That's very true. And you and I were speaking before the call, we were speaking about the uh, wood carvings that you create, some of which mm -hmm. are behind you. And, and I would say that's also an expression of what you're speaking about is that the wood carving, you're you're doing something to create something out of um, out of in this case uh, wood, so so raw materials. And mm -hmm. in a certain sense, I would say that as human beings, we're also a sort of a raw material that we're uh, um, trying to create something out of all of the time. And the fact, indeed, that some actions that we take produce. Um, predictable results within the context of uh, um, personal development and growth. That's very um, inspiring. And from my own life, I know I've, uh, I've adopted all sorts of routines to make myself better in all sorts of ways. And I know from other people who've done this, from coaching clients, from uh, students. And um, so, as you say, indeed, a, a better self is absolutely possible, but it does take um, a lot of investment uh, in time and in uh, effort and also in courage. And at the same time, I think it's also good to keep in mind that from an integral perspective, working on the self is not the, the end goal. So basically, we're, um, we're, from an integral perspective, we could say that there's relative and absolute reality and that within the relative realm, we're individuals and we um, work on ourselves to be the best individuals that we are. And from the absolute reality perspective, we're all waves rising from an ocean of, of, um, of unity and, and we're falling back uh, into the ocean and rising again. And so that's something that, for instance, if we look at those two models of the PERMA model and the integral model, the PERMA model doesn't see that perspective. And the integral model basically says that that is the most fundamental perspective. And that, that's why, for me personally, for instance, the... Uh, the integral model has been so um, so helpful because in my own life, I had an experience of, um, of, of unity awareness that the integral theory made space for, and I couldn't find anything else really that, that could make space for that experience of, of non-dual awareness and for the 
experiences of being an individual in the world and having all sorts of conflicting emotions. And um, so again, I would say that this is a, an expression of why the integral model is so beneficial because it creates a space that is so expansive that anything that we experience and everything that we are fits within it. Yeah. Oh, that's all beautifully said. So two things. First off, um, I'm always a sucker for a woodworking analogy. So I really appreciated what you did there. <laughs> and, and you actually, I mean, you sort of described my interior process. I mean, you know, for me, what got me into doing this kind of work in the first place was, um, you know, I've, I've been sort of in the integral space now for, geez, almost 20 years now. It'll be 20 years, uh, I think, next year or the year after or something like that. It's been a long time. I sort of grew up in integral. And for so long, so much of this stuff, you know, has created an incredible amount of value for me, obviously, personally, or else I wouldn't be here this long. And yet, you know, by the nature of my job, it's very, you know, I, I work on a laptop all day. I'm sort of pushing ideas around on a computer screen. It's all just zeros and ones. And there wasn't that sense of, of, of you know, I want to create sort of an artifact that can embody this, that can actually, you know, take this out of the causal into the subtle and press it into the gross. And I think that's a wonderful metaphor for exactly what integral life practice is doing. We're able to take these ideas that are just, you know, oftentimes when we're first getting familiar with it for the first time, it sort of, it feels like it's kind of floating, right? It sort of, it, it feels very abstract. It's like, I got to pull this down into myself somehow. And that's why we practice. We practice in order to uh, inhabit from, again, from the inside out. Um, these ideas and to, and to really make them flesh. I mean, to push them into the bone, right. So that, so that they can then radiate up and out through um, our actions and our, you know, our behaviors, our intentions and the ways that we connect with each other. And that's the second piece I want to talk about real quick. You made a really, really good point um, about how uh, oftentimes we engage this stuff, any spiritual teachings, trainings, et cetera, as individuals, you know, for example, on Integral Life, we have a whole series of self-directed courses, you, yours being one of them. Purchase this course. You can go through it at your own pace, at your own speed. You're doing these practices by yourself. And that is tremendously useful. I'm really, really glad we make those opportunities available for people. But there's also something kind of missing from that, which is this community experience. You know, I've talked to Ken about this previously uh, on our show together about what I call... Um, the neoliberalization of spirituality, where so much of the, of the inheritance that we receive as integralists, you know, so much of the stuff that inspired Ken and that Ken grew out of, things like, you know, the stuff that was happening at, you know, Esalen and the human potential movement, there was this explosion of, of searching for newer, deeper, higher expressions of the self that we would call human potential. And Unfortunately, right from the beginning, a lot of that started sort of turning a little bit hyper individualistic, you know, where, where sort of human potential then became, for example, like the self-help movement in the 1980s, which was like, oh God, I'm feeling all these anxieties now because I know about all these potentials that I can't live up to. And now I feel like shit about myself. So I need, I need a whole bunch of self-help work in order to, you know, kind of relieve my anxieties. And then in the nineties, that sort of turned into, in the zeros, the, the aughts that turned into sort of like, um, you know, human potential movement kind of turned into like the efficiency, the personal efficiency movement, uh, inbox zero, things like, again, all very individual focus, which is great because 
the individual is an is an instrument of of spirit and we all want to do the work to tune our instruments that's you know that's always going to be really important but what gets lost in that what really gets lost that i think is tremendously valuable is this community experience having you know a group of people that we can be intimate with who we can uh you know transform alongside right so that we don't feel like these lonely integral islands with each other for example and that is one of the things that you are making one of the really i think critical things that you're making available with the flourishing live training is that these are group-based experiences where it's not just you sort of on a soapbox kind of talking at people but you're 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 in a circle with well we're integral so we'll call it a sphere you're in a sphere <laughs> <laughs> with, with, you know, other like-minded, like-hearted people who are, um, you know, doing these practices ongoingly and connecting with each other and checking sort of, you know, uh, their experiences with each other and, and helping each other to deepen their embodiment of their own sort of purest joy and happiness and fulfillment. And that's, I think, a beautiful thing that is largely missing uh, from sort of the, the spiritual market as we know it today that's very true and i think you point to the the most valuable thing indeed about the flourishing life program and that is the people who engage in it so i see my role and my, my responsibility as a facilitator as basically to create a space within which people can connect with each other at a at a very fundamental level and any of the people who've um who've joined my um, integral life experience uh, sessions uh, will indeed know that I try to formulate questions and exercises that can help people to connect very profoundly with each other. And, um, and I, my experience has been of the integral community of people who've joined the integral life experiences, for instance, that it's such a, a benevolent and um, high-minded and uh, big-hearted um, mm. community of people who are really willing to be vulnerable and willing to make space to listen to other people and to hold other people um, when they're um, experiencing challenging emotions or um, when they're going through something difficult. So the um, what the Flushing Live training program is mostly about is indeed creating that space and then directing um, attention towards, um, for instance, obstacles that people experience when trying to flourish um, as fully as possible. So identifying where people can, um, can gain in their life, where they can um, have uh, positive results, and then indeed identifying, okay, what, what can people do to um, to progress from one particular uh, situation to the next that they want to be in. And it's very customized in the sense that within these groups, because I've, uh, I've done these groups uh, previously um, uh, many times, is that we're looking at the individual goals that people have. So we're looking at what do they want to achieve and the training is therefore very customized and people tend to help each other to uh, achieve the goals that they formulate. So um, one of the things that we'll be doing is we'll be creating tiny buddy systems. So that's uh, people are just basically in pairs or in, in groups of three and they're 
invited to encourage each other to um, achieve their goals. And sometimes there's a lot of life wisdom that gets channeled within these groups where people are able to ask questions to other people, which really open up their perspectives or really help them to um, traverse a particular challenge in life. And um, so I would say that what you point to, the value of the group, that is absolutely uh, fundamental. Yeah, I think people really, you know, we've, and we've seen this with our Integral Life Experience platform. I think people really, really light up when they feel like their particle is becoming a wave <laughs> in a certain kind of way. Again, they're no longer sort of these lonely integral individuals, but they are now part of a field. And when you when you're part of a field, you feel you you feel supported. I mean, you really do. You feel like you can. There, there's a part of you that can almost rest in that support. You can rest in that field. And you know, I think that's actually really really important for. Um, sort of the integral overachievers of which I think you are, are certainly one <laughs> who's always sort of, you know, going forward and moving forward and creating new things and, and, you know, transforming ourselves to new levels and new stages and new capacities and new talents and, and all of that. There's something really, really rewarding about finding, you know, what we call a community of the adequate and just being able to be yourself, just being able to, you know, momentarily descend and rest in that field it's so nourishing it's so you know uh it nurtures our ongoing growth and development i mean it reminds me actually of uh the old uh integral institute conferences that we used to do which were always like very hyper focused and you know very cognitive and people were just you know getting a a torrent of information poured into their heads and then we'd bring someone in like sophia diaz to lead like a, a rest and relaxation module where people just melt into a beanbag chair. And somehow that helps all the stuff that they've been doing cognitively to like click into place, just to feel that that shared rest together actually help them grok the material and inhabit it that much more deeply. So I think that's, you know, one of the, the huge advantages of having um, a, a, a sphere of support <laughs> like that. Um, so that, that's, I think, a really, really uh, important aspect of what you're offering here. Absolutely. And, and Corey, I think that's a very valuable addition, what you just said, because uh, as you know, my personality type is uh, within the Enneagram personality type system is uh, predominantly a type one, which is very action oriented. Um, but so I'm perhaps not emphasizing enough the um, the practices of acceptance that we also, of course, engage in, which um it's very important because as carl rogers the um, uh, psychologist said that once i accept myself then i can change so it's basically for the first step is to embrace reality as it is and to be um serene with who we are and what is and then to move from there so um that's indeed very uh, good that you emphasize that well, see, I'm an Enneagram type four. So I'm just like, whatever, guys, anything, <laughs> anything goes. I can ascend when you need me to ascend. I'll do, but I, I just kind of want to rest and hang out here. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my type. Um, one of the questions I had for you, because I think it's, it's, it's relevant to what we're talking about right now is, you know, again, we have a very diverse audience. It's a global audience. Uh, there are members of integral life from, you know, I believe every continent on the planet, except for Antarctica. I don't think we've made it to Antarctica yet, but we're working on it, guys. We'll, we'll, we'll be doing uh, outreach projects to Antarctica very soon. But we have members on all the other continents. 
It's a very, very diverse crowd. And their familiarity with Integral itself is sort of all over the spectrum. There are some people who have been studying Ken's work inside and out and everyone in his bibliography for the last 30 years. And they see Integral Life as sort of a home base for them. And then there's other people who are really just kind of taking their first steps into this world, right? Or beginning to learn the integral ideas for the first time, learning about these stages of development uh, and what have you, and are really trying to find a way to grow up into this integral operating system that we often talk about. So one of the questions I have for you is, you know, as people are dealing with their own ongoing growth and development and all the growth pains that sort of come with that, do you think that this sort of integral flourishing training can actually help in a way sort of accelerate that development and maybe stabilize it once they start sort of hitting their stride? Well, I, I do think so, given the, uh, um, it, it depends, of course, on the on the goals that people are um, striving to achieve. But one of the things we discussed already is the, the effect of time and spending time in a group of people who are geared towards uh, personal development, but also, of course, embodying unity awareness and embodying spirit, um, that is very powerful. And uh, to spend 24 hours, uh, so that's 12 uh, two-hour sessions, in such a group where you're being invited to be your highest self or your best self or your deepest self, however you want to uh, classify it, but you're really being asked to to show up as fully as possible with with everything that's attached to it, because of course, as we said, we're all works in progress uh, all of the time. Um, but that is a very powerful um, sphere to be in. Mm -hmm. So I would say yes. And um, again, the people who are in the the group are encouraging themselves and the other participants to um, show up. So that's also a field in which many things are possible. And I recently received um, a message from a person who uh, uh, attended a, a program like this a couple of years ago with me. And she wrote to me and she said, well, it's been a year now uh, after I uh, followed the uh, program. And I wanted to let you know that the, uh, the, the relationship with my mother has, has transformed into what now feels like a karmic relationship where, where it's meaningful in a very profound way. Uh, while beforehand it was um, felt more like um, an unwelcome burden. Oh, wow. And that, that's that, I mean, that's very deep. And that's amazing. Um, I, I thought so too. And I was very pleased of course, that she let me know. And that's one of the things that can come from um, a space in which you take a perspective on relationships that is indeed integral in the sense that you look at it not just in this moment i'm having a relationship but you look at it with all of the cultural and historical influences that are working through you and through the other person that you look at basically that you're both expressions of spirit or you're, that you're both waves in in an ocean so that that tends to decrease any um deeply felt hostility, for instance, because if you feel um, that you share the source of your being with another person, then you can 
typically move in ways that you perhaps couldn't uh, before. And I would say that working within the context of integral theory and, and flourishing allows us to identify areas of your life where you want to experience change or at least where you want to grow and develop and then to open yourself up to the possibilities and within the sphere that we were speaking about with with people who are all um attuned to that um well to their best selves mm -hmm. things do become possible that beforehand did not seem possible that's a really gorgeous story. You know, it, it just sort of reinforces this, this perception that I've had that, um, you know, particularly with your work, but, you know, we can even expand this out to integral just in general. There are always sort of a, a thousand points of transformation, you know, there's like a thousand different ways that we can transform ourselves in every zone and every quadrant and all these different states and depending on our type, you know, and integral, I think gives us a really nice granular uh, and comprehensive way to make sense of the various kind of transformational paths that we can go in. But even though there's a thousand of them and they all, you know, when you kind of view it that way, it feels sort of insurmountable. It feels like, oh, do I, now I need to do a thousand things. Well, the point I think that you're kind of bringing here is that any one of those thousand points of transformation can completely change a life. They can completely change a life. I mean, you take this one pain point, like I've got you know, negativity in my relationship with my mother or whoever, my romantic partner or my job, my boss, I mean, any number of relationships. And this is just one, you know, leg of the, of the PERMA model we're talking about here, right? You change that one thing and you can actually, it's like it compounds, the transformation compounds. And what I like about the way you teach this stuff is that it's very goal oriented. And those, and these goals aren't like, I want to go from zero to bodhisattva overnight. I mean, it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's a series of steps that we can take so that once we're kind of headlong into the process, we look back behind ourselves, we can see how much progress we've made in a relatively short amount of time. And any, you know, that progress can then lead you to any one of these thousand points of transformation, which can then just irrevocably alter the course of your life and your relationships and your sense of meaning and sense-making and, you know, how much joy you are capable of experience. Cause suddenly you realize, Oh, I've been, I've been carrying this weight for decades and I can let it go now. How liberating is that? And then knowing after that, Oh, wow. There's another 999 points of transformation out there waiting for me still. I mean, how spectacular is that I relate to the integral life archives the same way. I'm like, man, we've been producing content for like 20 years. We have so many conversations on there. It feels like I, I usually describe it. It's an embarrassment of riches, right? I can't actually communicate to people how much amazing material is in those archives when you, especially when you look at it as a whole and any one of these dialogues can change your life. Any one of them, I don't, I can't predict which one it's going to be, but any one of them can sort of get its, get its hook in there and, and, you know, pull you forward, pull you up, whatever preposition you want to use here. Um, it's, it's a powerful, it's a powerful thing. And it reinforces again, to me, sort of the, the psychoactive quality that Ken talks about in regard to um, learning integral in the first place. You know, it's like once you see this stuff, you have no choice but to directly engage with it and to participate with it and to, you know, try to take it within yourself. Um, the other point that I, I, I just want to sort of double click here is when you're talking about, uh, you know, go, going back to sort of um, 
the benefits of being in a group. You know, there's this is something Keith Witt and I talked about in our last show last month, how, um, you know, oftentimes one of the very, very best ways for us to learn anything is to simply surround ourselves with people who know it better than we do. Right. That's been the secret to my integral career. I mean, I was, <laughs> I just threw myself in and surrounded myself with people who are smarter, deeper, wiser, more realized, more awakened than myself. And, you know, that sort of by the effect of osmosis is kind of slowly trickling in. Um, it's the same thing as like, you want to learn a, a language? Well, here's a book. You can read this book and you can try to study it yourself and see how far you get. Or you can just go to Portugal and go spend a month in Portugal and be surrounded by people who speak a language different than your own. And guess what? You're going to learn that language so quickly simply because you're in a field. You're in a field with other people who know some stuff better than you do. So when it comes to that question of, of, you know, can this actually accelerate and especially stabilize that integral development? I think it's obvious that it would. And simply by virtue of, of being part of that field, because you take it in, you know, you're not, it's not just a field that's outside of yourself. It's, it's a field you start feeling sort of, you start feeling those currents within yourself. And once you feel it, once that toothpaste is out of the tube, there's no putting it back again. I agree. And if we're speaking about fields, because I also um, I'm also a systemic work um, a therapist. So that basically means that you work with fields and with the influences of historical and cultural forces in, in people and, and groups of people. And one of the things if you've ever done a family constellation, uh, have, you, have you ever been part of that, Corey? I've not. No, nope. because it's 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 a very powerful process, and basically what you do is you 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 have a particular question in relation to um, your family system. So, for instance, um, it could be uh, um, that you um, you tend to be self-effacing uh, when it's inappropriate, and that's a trait that you, uh, for instance, um, inherited from one of your parents, and you want to have a look at that, and then you. In, in the most elaborate uh, version of the process, you, you have a group of people and you, you um, position these people in a space as your, for instance, your mother, your father, uh, any siblings you have, any children you have. And then the people who are in the field, they're invited to experience what they experience, not as their own individual self, but as a, a facet in that field. So they're actually just asked to register what happens in their body, which emotions come up, which thoughts come up. And if people are able to channel basically what the field um, arises uh, or, or allows to arise in them, then the person who is requesting this um, process, they get very uh, specific information that helps them to uh, basically to transform their uh, perspective of their family system. And why I'm saying is this is because one of the, um, one of the ways we can interpret this is that we're externalizing our internalized uh, perspective of our family system. We're, um, we're making it visible. We're asking people to uh, position themselves and what they're giving back to us, we then internalize again. And that process of making something external, um, doing an intervention, then internalizing it again, 
is also the process that we do indeed with um, with, these, with this uh, work of, in the flourishing life training is basically um, where, and that's what relates to what you said is that within a group of people who are practitioners, you can reach typically a much deeper level of meditation, for instance, or of mm-hmm. self-reflection than you can do alone. So there's a sort of a group uh, effect. And in that group, if you're invited to be your best self, then typically within a group of uh, dedicated practitioners, you'll um, you'll be able to be a deeper version or, or a more balanced version of yourself than you are in your own individual life. And that is then um, externalized in the group because you can um, witness it. And then you can internalize that um, and use that as your role model. So basically it's um, a projection of your best self that you get in the sphere of uh, ad- uh, adequate practitioners. And then you can use that as a reference point in your own life to aspire to knowing that it's uh, within you. So it's a sort of a horizon that you can use in your own life that you uh, gather from a group experience. That's gorgeous. It's one thing to sort of, you know, tell people, you know, come from your highest self, speak from your highest self, but to then be again in a field where that highest self is then being reflected back to you is, I mean, that's huge. That's absolutely huge because otherwise it's like, oh, geez, am I just faking it until I make it? You know, I don't even know what my higher self is, but then you see it kind of beaming back at you through someone else's eyes. And again, you, you can sort of, you can surrender to it in a certain way. You can relax into it. Um, and that's, that's really gorgeous. The family constellation stuff sounds really um, critical. I mean, you know, I'm the father of a, of a nine-year-old girl, you know, which means I'm constantly implicitly, I'm asking myself all these questions, you know, what are sort of the patterns that I've inherited consciously and unconsciously uh, from my own history, which of those patterns am I, uh, you know, just sort of repeating right? Which of those patterns am I overcompensating for and kind of going just as pathological in the other direction? I've got a few of those too. Um, and so, you know, what you're suggesting is like, well, here, here's sort of a, a way to make explicit the process that a lot of us are already implicitly doing just by virtue of like, here's my life condition. I have a family. I've got a nine-year-old girl. I'm terrified about the next 10 years of her growth and development in this culture. Um, how do I make sure that I'm not sabotaging this, um, you know, in ways that, you know, maybe I hold on to resentments for my parents sabotaging my own growth and development. How can I let that go to the point where I can cultivate the presence and the patience and the compassion, but also sort of the, the directness that's required to raise a child properly. Um, so I think it's another example of, of, um, you know, a goal oriented series of practices that can, um, help us become more effective in whatever sphere we're talking about, parenting, romantic relationships, career, um, you know, just a general sense of uh, what we often call integral ikigai, you know, the sense of like, how am I kind of pulling all of this together into a meaningful vocation uh, where I feel like I'm contributing something to the world. I mean, all of these sort of, again, it's a thousand points of transformation um, and the family constellation is just another one of those another one of those points that can really, really light people up and not just alter the course of a single life, but in this case, alter the course of multiple lives coming out of this family. I mean, Absolutely. This, is, this is, this is the power of integral is that it's not, it's not just sort of navel gazing self, 
reflection and all that. It's, it's, it's allowing all this work that we do on ourselves, all the work that we do with our cleaning up and waking up and growing up, which is all very interior and, but then allowing it to spill out of ourselves and spill into the other quadrants and spill into the lives and the hearts of the people who we love the most. Um, and that takes just like everything else that takes practice. Absolutely. And I, I'm actually very interested in the next generation of uh, people who are being raised by integral uh, or integrally sensitive uh, parents, because what you're describing in how you're reflecting on your own behavior towards uh, your daughter and the patterns that you're perhaps um, projecting onto her and things like that, that it sounds like what Roger Walsh would call a sort of a wisdom question that you have to ask again and again and again, because there's no definitive answer. Yeah. And it sounds as if the way that you're approaching that is very integral in the sense that you're aware of many of the components that are influencing the, um, the interaction between you and your daughter. And you're trying to be as ethically pure as possible in your uh, attitude and your, and your um, approach, which I think at least um, to me, it sounds as the most preferable um, approach that I know of. So I would say that's integral parenting in vivo. It's, it's just you're doing it. And I, I think the, the reflection process is the, is the practice because I don't think there are very, uh, the, there are answers that are definitive indeed. Right. Right. No, I'm really curious to see what the, the, the shape of the, of the integral kids, what their generation is going to feel like. I think they're just going to rebel from us in really funny ways. They're all going to become like Christian fundamentalists or something. I don't know. No, but it, yeah. it does fascinate, you know, like for example, uh, I've got my daughter in uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, right. Which is something as an integral parent, I can use this as an intervention for various challenges that, that she's facing right now. And when I tune into like, the tool set that she's beginning to learn as a nine-year-old. I mean, these are tools that I began learning when I was like 32. I mean, some of them I'm still <laughs> trying out for the first time. And, you know, this is being sort of offered to her just right from the very beginning, like make the, make these practices, make mindfulness, make, you know, inner coaching, inner critic, all of these sort of, uh, you know, cognitive behavioral techniques, make this part of your substrate right from the very beginning because that is going to help her navigate the next, you know, 10 years of adolescence into early adulthood. And then, you know, as she sort of becomes a fully fledged individual herself, she's going to be, um, you know, she's going to, she's going to benefit greatly from sort of the foundational work that she's doing right now. Um, and the fact that kids can hang with this and that integral parents are able to sort of identify these things as appropriate interventions to bring to their kids, it's going to be a really, really interesting generation. And all the kids that I've seen, Rob Smith's kids, Stuart Davis's kids, um, you know, obviously my kid, because she's freaking awesome. But, at, you know, all, all of my friends' children is just, there's something a little bit different about them. There's, there's an intensity and a playfulness and just sort of a natural joy in these kids that um, is gorgeous absolutely gorgeous so i too am looking forward to seeing uh what that cohort looks like you know maybe 10 or 15 years from now interesting and, and the rebellion thing i mean it, even though many kids of course do rebel especially as adolescents what tends to happen in later life is that they then return to uh how yeah. or, or they tend to return to something that approximates their parents 
So, um, so I think it's, it's <laughs> setting, you're, you're setting your daughter up for at least in later in life, a very healthy and, and balanced um, uh, attitude towards reality. Well, you know, my, my, my theory there, Lee, is that um, rebellion is made all the worse when parents don't have actually a developmental understanding to begin with, because their parenting style is honed in at a very particular level of development that's appropriate for certain ages, and then no longer appropriate after a certain stage, right? So I think what often happens is that the parent is unable to update their own operating system. And then that creates sort of a, a, a bad fit you know, the parents are using interventions that are not appropriate for the stage of development that your child now is at. And as a parent, it can be hard to even accept that your kid is now at this deeper, higher stage of development because fuck, that means they're growing up and time is running out. And that makes me sad. So we push these things sort of into our own shadows. I think we, we latch on to what's familiar to us, which is, you know, again, particular styles of, of parenting. And my hope is that with integral parents, because we have this sort of developmental understanding baked in from the very beginning, we can kind of change our strategies as our kids continue to grow and develop and awaken. That's my theory. I'm sticking with it. Absolutely. Well, we're getting a little off track here. Um, not really, though. I mean, all of this all no, of no, no, really no. does fit together. And I think it, it, it shows because this is just another, you know, of the thousand points of transformation that we could possibly talk about here. But, you know, I want to actually point people to uh, the training uh, where people can go to sign up for this wonderful opportunity that you're offering to people, the Flourishing Live group coaching program. So if you go to integrallife.com right now at the very top of the menu, well, first off on the homepage, you'll see Lee's face right there in the homepage in the top right corner. You can click that. That'll take you uh, to the enrollment page, or if you want to see, you know, Lee's other course, for example, the essence of integral flourishing, and you want to check that out alongside the flourishing live offer, click the courses button from the very top menu. Uh, that'll take you to a listing of all the web courses that we have on the site and, and, and check that out. And just to let people know, also just for the people who are watching us right now in this webinar, um, I have actually taken, I think hundred dollars off the price of the flourishing live course. I'll keep that up for the next 24 hours. For anyone who um, wants to take advantage of that discount, please do. Um, but, you know, I do want to impress on people. Time is running out. We're hoping to get the cohort started in, well, we've been saying the first week of March, but that's in like two days. So, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll extend it by a week or so, but time really, the fuse is lit, uh, seats are running out. So I encourage people, if you're at all interested in joining uh, this transformational group coaching experience. Uh, don't hesitate. Go check out the link right now. Take advantage of the $100 discount and sign up. You'll be so glad you did. And then beyond that, Lee, I want to point to um, you know a couple other things that you have coming up. So as we mentioned at the very beginning, uh, you are also leading a series of practices on the Integral Life Experience platform, uh, which you can also find by going to integrallife.com and clicking live events, uh, or you can click practice, both of which will show you the full practice calendar that we make available. Why don't you talk about some of your upcoming practice sessions that you're going to be offering? Yeah, so um, I think the first one is integration in a fragmented world. So that's basically where we look at ways to practice together that transcend fragmentation, that transcend polarization. So it's basically an invitation to connect at a profound level, indeed, as we were speaking about earlier, 
and to rest with each other in a sphere of um, community and of mutual understanding. And um, the session after that, the week after that, will be the Enneagram Type 1 um, session, which I lead, mm -hmm. <clears throat> which, by the way, is uh, accessible for any Enneagram types. Uh, you don't need to be uh, identified as a Type 1. And that's where we'll basically look at um, the Type 1 typical challenges, typical talents, uh, all sorts of aspects of um, Enneagram Type 1s that we can work with. And of course, because as individuals, we each of us has access to all of the um, all human behavior. So we have all of the types within us. Uh, but on, of course, we have preference for uh, some of the types more than others. But um, it, it can be useful regardless of which type you are, because these are basically just human um, abilities and talents and challenges that we're speaking about. And the week after that it will be the, um, I think that's embodying uh, eternity and infinity. And those are sessions which are geared towards the experience of inhabiting reality as or, or from a perspective of unity awareness. So we were speaking earlier about the awareness of being as an individual, a temporary wave sort of arising in a timeless ocean and then falling back into it. And that perspective of the individual we are being a temporary expression of something greater that we all share and that we're all expressions of, that's the, um, the theme of uh, those sessions. And then the week after that, I'll be doing uh, a Befriending Chaos session. And Befriending Chaos is about basically being okay with um, with reality as it is. So the, the all of the conundrums of reality, all of the um, challenges of being human in a world that is so um, difficult to navigate in a certain uh, in certain aspects. And um, uh, so that's just basically um, around acceptance, around um, embracing ourselves reality and others so uh, those are the four uh, trainings that i'll be doing that you know uh the, the 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 chaos practice i think is is tremendously um critical as our world you know it's, it's clear that we are headlong in what we might just call the age of disruption rob sometimes rob smith sometimes calls it uh the time between eras uh which i think is also apt but um you know as we can see in the headlines every day the world really is getting more chaotic all the time. And, you know, I think, I, I feel like our obligation here at uh, sort of integral life at the integral kind of home base is to help people cultivate more anti-fragile ways of managing and navigating that chaos. Because when we allow chaos to um, overcome us, to overwhelm us, to, to further fragment us or to, uh, give us a sense that our contributions um, are more limited than they could be, that's actually a form of fragility. And I think that anti-fragility, particularly an integral anti-fragility, requires a, exactly what you're saying, a befriending of chaos. Because there's actually opportunity to flourish within that chaos. Um, in fact, I'd probably go so far as to say you can't actually flourish unless <laughs> you have some of that um, chaos in your life and, and, and are in fact, very friendly with it. So that's, 
a great practice. And you do that, I think, you know, every month or every two months or something like that, right? It's a regular. No, every month. Yeah, every month. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, before we close up, I want to put one call out to anyone who's watching us right now. If you have any questions, so we got a couple people here in Zoom with us. Uh, you can ask a question. I'm also watching uh, the YouTube stream right now. Uh, so if you have any questions, you can feel free to put it in the comments in the live chat. Uh, Lee, while we are waiting to see if people have questions, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't, that's fine too. But while we're waiting to, to give people an opportunity to submit questions if they have them, is there anything else that we want to say about this program or about your upcoming practices or just, you know, about how much fun we're having hanging out together today? Well, no, that last is, is absolutely true. And I'm, I was struck by the way that your, your eloquence and your channeling of integral theory is, is, is it's very inspiring to me. And I, I, occasionally I read the um, messages and conversations on the Integral Life platform, and sometimes they get really um, vitriolic between people. And, and I've, I've noticed that you're always able to navigate the, uh, the vitriol and to, to emphasize the value of, of both perspectives that are um, engaging each other. And I'd, it's, it's like what Jeff Saltzman does in the Daily Evolver, it's it's the ability to to make space for disparate views, and I would say that's also something to do with anti fragility. That's being able to hold multiple views, even if you don't necessarily agree personally with the views that are being espoused. Um, so, uh, for me, it's very um, uh, very pleasant to to hear you channel back to me what what your perception is of what I'm doing because it's uh, it's so spot on that um, it's very nice to hear from someone who who is so well versed in the integral theory and and of course also positive psychology to hear that um, that we resonate very deeply around these uh, topics I appreciate that man thank you that was, that was a nice I felt the heart blast right there hmm. I felt, I felt, I felt your highest self, uh, reflecting my highest self back to me. And, and, and I hope I'm able to provide the same for you, my friend. Well, yes, absolutely. And, um, and, and one practical thing that I just wanted to add, um, is, is that people do not need to have uh, completed or even followed the essence of integral flourishing, uh, course, the online course to join the flourishing live training program. I mean, I, I was thinking of sort of an analogy for this, but, um, we'll be using the PERMA model and the, and the integral model in the flourishing life training, but we'll do it in ways that you don't need any prior knowledge. So the analogy that I came up with was that it's as if we're coming together in an illuminated room. So there's light already, but if you follow the course, you have an extra flashlight and you can sort of shine uh, and illuminate some uh, extra bits that uh, because of your prior knowledge. Um, so that's, not necessary. And um, no, that was the only practical thing I think that uh, I still needed to emphasize. Yeah, that, no, thank you for, for, for adding that. We mentioned earlier that you don't need it, but I'm, I'm glad that you sort of fleshed that out a little bit more people made that more, more clear because I don't okay. want people to feel like they have to sort of buy both or nothing or, or what have you. Um, so yeah, thank you. I don't see any questions yet, but we have a couple uh, really nice comments, which which I can read. So Jared says, no specific question for me, uh, but I just wanted to thank you both for a beautiful conversation. Thank you, Jared, for saying so and for tuning in today. 
Uh, Thanks, Chad. Uh, someone on YouTube says family constellation therapy is very powerful. One of the most powerful modalities I've experienced. Fantastic. I'm glad that that has been beneficial for you. Uh, someone else says merci beaucoup for today's broadcast. Excellence. Told you we were international. Um, yeah, I think that was uh, Faith on YouTube. Thank you so much. Um, let's see. Also says, uh, excellent afternoon. So that's great. And it does actually look like someone submitted a question here. Here we go. So Blake says, would it be possible to mention some of the elements and practices in the Flourishing Live training? Kind of like a glance at the syllabus. Can you say more about that? Yes, well, certainly. So if we look at the uh, the content, then basically the framework is is that it's four phases. So the first phase is basically um, identifying the goals and identifying the talents that you'll use to achieve the goals. So we'll use a survey that I developed and you can sort of use that to identify your goals and then we can uh, be, be more selective in, uh, and specific. And then the second phase is basically identifying the obstacles that are um, that are perhaps making it difficult to flourish and also seeing, okay, what's the, the journey that you would like to, uh, to make from where you are now to where, we, uh, where you would like to be. And then the third phase is, is taking action with the encouragement of the, of the group that you're in. So with the body system, uh, taking action, reporting back, and if necessary, uh, adapting your uh, strategy and uh, taking uh, additional action. And then the fourth phase is basically developing routines and habits so that the goals that you've achieved stay achieved uh, throughout uh, time. So that's basically the, the overarching framework. And then we'll also be doing a large number of exercises. And one of the main exercises that we'll do is an exercise developed by uh, psychology professor Tal Ben Shahar. And um, it's called the MPS process. And that's, uh, it's an abbreviation of meaning, pleasure and strengths. So it's basically looking at the overlap between um, what gives you pleasure, what gives your life meaning, and what you're good at. And then to look at, okay, what's, what does that mean for you individually? So we'll work then with each of those three domains, and you'll be asked to, um, to reflect on the overlap for you personally and to, to say something about um, what that means for you individually and what that means for the goals that you want to achieve and how, um, how you can perhaps use that also to show up more um, skillfully in life. Uh, so that's a large exercise. And many of the smaller exercises will be based on the goals that are uh, shared. So that's why the program is highly customized because mm. if people bring goals, for instance, to do with um, a relationship with a family member or um, with, uh, like we mentioned before, physical complaints or um, perhaps uh, economic uh, things or, or, um, or anything else, then the exercises that we do will be tailored to the goals that we're working with as a group. So um, I think I've been doing this work now for, um, so, so helping people achieve goals for about almost 25 years now. So uh, I have a large arsenal of, of exercises and um, I can then use those exercises based on the, um, the setting that we're in and the context that we need. 
You can also check out, again, click the courses button. Uh, that'll allow you to find the standalone course as well, the essence of integral flourishing. And then we have the full curriculum laid out on the page for that as well. So anyone who's curious about what sort of these practices might look like, what kinds of practices, just how diverse actually the number of practices that you're bringing into this training actually are, uh, that's a good way to um, sort of take a, take a glimpse. That's true. Indeed, the Essence of Integral Flourishing course, the online course, I think it has about 100 exercises altogether. So, uh, yeah, it's kind yeah, of ridiculous, a... actually. Again, I called you an overachiever earlier for a reason. Though. Yeah. <laughs> now, there was actually during the call that we promoted the, uh, the online course, somebody said, well, it almost seems like it's too much. And, and uh, perhaps in a way, it, it's like two courses in one. So it's, um, so you're getting, it's actually a, quite a bargain if you look at it that way. That's that's a good marketing angle. You've got a you've got a natural affinity for marketing here, buddy. Well, it only took me about nine months to come up with the answer. <laughs> well, no, what you've done, we got to tell people what you've done is you've taken the thousand points of, of transformation and distilled it into only a hundred points of transformation. That's a you know that that's a lot more accessible. True, very true. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lee. Thank you so much for spending this. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been moving. I've really, really enjoyed actually getting to know you better face-to-face -face, um, beyond sort of our Slack communications that, that we regularly do. Um, thank you so much for this. This, is, this has been a real uh, gift to myself and to the rest of our audience. And I really, really hope that people sign up uh, for this coaching opportunity. Um, I, I promise your life is not gonna be the same afterwards. So uh, go to integrallife.com, check it out, sign up if you're interested. And uh, Lee, just thanks again, man. All right. Thanks to you, Corey, for having me. It's been wonderful. All right. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Take care. Bye.